you could have a rewarding career in beautiful Colorado with a $10,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today at valehealthjobs.org. If you're attending AORN Expo in Orlando in August, stop by the Vail Health booth in the Career Center. Guidelines in Practice Electrosurgical Safety by Terry Link Abstract Surgeons routinely use electrosurgical devices to cut and coagulate tissue during surgical procedures. However, hazards associated with electrosurgery, for example, burns, electrical shock, fire, can place patients or personnel at risk. Perioperative nurses should standardize processes, preoperatively assess the risks for electrosurgical injuries, and participate in education activities on electrosurgical safety to help prevent injuries from occurring. The AORN, Guideline for Electrosurgical Safety, provides guidance to perioperative personnel for safe use of electrosurgical units, electrocautery devices, and argon-enhanced coagulators. This article discusses prevention of electrosurgical unit injuries, including those that can be caused by electrosurgical accessories. A scenario describes how a team investigating two incidents related to use of electrosurgery uses an assessment tool to identify risks for injury and includes a report of these risks in the surgical briefing. Perioperative RN should review the entire guideline for additional information when creating and updating policies and procedures for electrosurgical safety. Since its introduction 100 years ago, surgeons have increasingly used electrosurgery to cut, coagulate, dissect, ablate, or shrink tissue during surgical procedures. Although advances in the technology have made electrosurgery safer, electrosurgical devices still are implicated in adverse events that can harm patients and personnel. Human error, for example, misapplication of the device, inadvertent activation, direct or indirect transfer of electricity to conductive devices, or device malfunction, for example, insulation failure, can cause adverse events, including burns, electrical shocks, and OR fires. In addition, electromagnetic interference can cause a malfunction of or damage to the electrosurgical unit, ESU, or interfere with the function of an implanted electromechanical device, for example, a pacemaker or cochlear implant. Understanding how electrosurgical devices work contributes to a safer use of the device and prevention of adverse events. During monopolar electrosurgery, the electrical current flows from the electrical outlet through the ESU generator, through the accessories connected to the generator, for example, an active electrode, ESU pencil, and through the patient's tissue, returning through the accessories, for example, dispersive electrode, gel pad, and the generator to the outlet. See Figure 1. The majority of adverse events associated with electrosurgery are burns caused by the current following the path of least resistance back to the ground, instead of following the intended flow back through the generator to complete the electrical circuit. Burns also may occur anywhere the tip of the active electrode is placed, under the dispersive electrode, inside the body during laparoscopic procedures, or at trocar sites. Burns may be caused by 1. Thermal spread 
That is, energy applied to the surgical site that spreads beyond the intended target tissue. 2. Insulation failure. That is, missing insulation that provides an alternate pathway for current to leave the electrode. 3. Antenna coupling. That is, energy transferred without direct contact through conductive materials such as neuromuscular, cardiac electrode wires. 4. Direct coupling. That is, contact of an energized active electrode tip with another metal instrument or object. 5. Capacitive coupling. That is, transfer of electrical current from the active electrode to adjacent conductive items. For example, trocars. 6. Residual heat from the device before it has cooled. And 7. Inadvertent activation of the device. The ESU active electrode is the most common ignition source in OR fires. In a perioperative setting, a fire can occur because all three elements of the fire triangle, that is, fuel, oxidizer, ignition source, are present. During the most recent revision of the AORN, Guideline for Safe Use of Energy-Generating Devices, the author divided the guideline into two separate guidelines, the Guideline for Laser Safety and the Guideline for Electrosurgical Safety. The scope of the Electrosurgical Safety Guideline, published in July 2020, includes the use of ESUs, electrocautery devices, and argon-enhanced coagulators. The guideline provides recommendations based on the guideline project team's appraisal of the strength and quality of the evidence available in the healthcare literature. The project team used the evidence appraisal score, a benefit-harm assessment, and consideration of resource use to rate each recommendation. The AORN evidence rating model has four levels of recommendation ratings. Regulatory requirement, recommendation, conditional recommendation, and no recommendation. Figure 2 shows the criteria for each recommendation level. The evidence table for the Guideline for Electrosurgical Safety, available on the AORN website at https aorn.org guidelines about aorn guidelines evidence tables provides detailed information on the literature the project team used to develop the guideline. The Electrosurgery Guideline addresses seven topics. Injury Prevention, ESU Generator, ESU Accessories, Minimally Invasive Surgery, Implanted Electronic Devices, Argon-Enhanced Coagulation, and Education. This article discusses recommendations from the guideline sections on injury prevention and ESU accessories, which may be the cause of injuries. See sidebar 1. After a discussion of the specific recommendations, a scenario describes how a perioperative team revises surgical briefing and debriefing processes after an investigation of two near-miss events caused by ineffective team communication reveals gaps in knowledge about electrosurgical safety. Injury Prevention Perioperative personnel should begin to implement precautions to prevent electrosurgical injuries in the preoperative area and continue using precautions throughout the surgical procedure. Injury prevention includes assessing the patient preoperatively for risks related to electrosurgery, 
correctly placing and setting up equipment, following the manufacturer's instructions for use of devices and accessories, and implementing fire prevention precautions. Recommendations AORN recommends assessing patients preoperatively for the presence of foreign bodies, for example, implanted electronic devices, jewelry, prosthetic implants, that can interfere with an electrosurgical device. Perioperative nurses should remove any metal jewelry that will be located between the active and passive electrodes to prevent burns from heating of the metal as the electrical current moves through it. Placing monitoring electrodes, for example, electrocardiogram, oximetry, fetal, as far as possible from the surgical site, decreases the risk for burn at the electrode site. Preventing contact between the patient and metal objects, for example, the OR bed, stirrups, positioning devices, during the use of monopolar electrosurgery, also can help to avoid burns. In situations when devices or implants would be in the electrical current pathway between the monopolar electrosurgery active and dispersive electrodes, perioperative teams should consider using bipolar electrosurgery, which only allows the electrical current to flow through tissue that is located between the two forceps tips. To reduce fire risk, perioperative personnel should follow fire prevention interventions, such as using technologies other than monopolar electrosurgery during surgical procedures on anatomical structures that present special fire hazards, for example, bowel, trachea, using moist radiopaque sponges near the electrosurgical device, removing alcohol-soaked sponges or other application devices from the sterile field, and allowing alcohol-based solutions to dry and fumes to dissipate before using any type of electrosurgical device. AORN recommends following the manufacturer's written instructions for use for all ESU components, including only using accessories that are compatible with the ESU generator. When an injury occurs because of equipment failure or suspected equipment failure, perioperative personnel should remove the electrosurgical generator and accessories from service and report the adverse event details according to facility policies. Retaining the generator, accessories, and packaging can facilitate a complete incident investigation. ESU Accessories Accessories for an ESU include the active electrode with tips, dispersive electrode, foot switch with cord, if applicable, adapters and connectors. An accessory could contribute to an injury if it is damaged or personnel use it incorrectly. Recommendations AORN recommends that perioperative personnel secure electrosurgical accessory cords to the sterile drapes with a plastic or other non-conductive device. Non-conductive devices do not conduct electricity and they do not damage the electrosurgery accessory cords or compromise the sterile field. Crushing or damaging the cord creates a place in which the current can escape from the cord, potentially causing a fire on the drapes. Inadvertent activation of the electrosurgical generator foot pedal can result in patient and personnel injury. Only the person in control of the active electrode should activate the electrosurgical generator foot pedal. Between uses, personnel should place the active electrode, 
in a dry, clean, non-conductive safety holster. The safety holster helps prevent the active electrode from falling off the sterile field and from unintentional activation. The surgeon should not activate the active electrode until it is in close proximity to or in contact with the target tissue to prevent alternate site burns. Perioperative personnel should visually inspect electrosurgical accessories for damage, for example, insulation breakage, before and after use, and remove the device from service if damaged. Sterile processing personnel should inspect reusable devices and, if possible, use an active electrode tester during reprocessing to identify malfunctioning accessories, for example, active electrode internal wires, electrode insulation, Sheaths. Scenario. Risk management personnel at a regional medical center received two incident reports related to the use or intended use of an ESU in one month. The risk manager assigned to perioperative services asks the perioperative patient safety specialist to investigate both incidents. The patient safety specialist interviews team members involved in each of the incidents. During interviews for their first reported incident, the specialist talks to the charge nurse who indicates that she entered NOR after the patient's general anesthesia induction and positioning for a total knee arthroplasty procedure. The charge nurse says that she observed a first-year surgical resident pouring 70% isopropyl alcohol directly onto the patient's operative knee. As a result, Alcohol was pooling on the bedsheet underneath the knee and dripping onto the floor. Because the remaining perioperative team members were completing tasks away from the bedside, no one was observing the resident. The charge nurse tells the patient safety specialist that she immediately instructed the resident to stop pouring the alcohol and explained that the pooled alcohol could contribute to a fire during use of an ESU. She relates that the resident told her he was using alcohol because the patient was allergic to both chlorhexidine and iodophore. The charge nurse then helped the RN circulator and the resident remove the alcohol-soaked items from the OR bed and placed the items in an appropriate container external to the OR before obtaining a compatible and comparable surgical skin antiseptic. There was no harm to the patient. Next, the patient safety specialist interviews the surgeon, who reports that he instructed the resident to use alcohol paint for the surgical skin preparation and requested that the resident perform the surgical skin antisepsis procedure because the RN circulator had left the OR to check on missing implants. When the specialist talks to the resident, he says that he was attempting to use a sterile surgical skin preparation kit and poured alcohol onto the included sponges, which fell apart when he attempted to paint the knee with alcohol. He then proceeded to pour alcohol over the knee directly from the bottle. During the interview with the RN circulator, the specialist learns that the surgical briefing did not include a fire risk assessment and that she was not in the OR when the incident occurred. The second reported incident involved a burn in a surgical drape presumed to have been caused by contact with the ESU active electrode. Personnel did not discover the hole in the drape until they began to remove it at the end of the procedure. During an assessment of the patient's skin, the surgical team noted a reddened area on the patient's left thigh that matched the burn hole on the drape. 
the patient safety specialist interviews the surgical technologist, ST, who reports that she secured electrosurgical pencil to the drape with a non-penetrating towel clip, but the holster was secured at the top of the drape toward the patient's head. As a result of the holder's placement, the ST was not able to monitor the return of the active electrode back to the holster after each use. The ST speculates that either the foot-activated electrode malfunctioned or someone inadvertently stepped on the foot pedal. The perioperative patient safety specialist convenes an interdisciplinary team to analyze the root causes of the two incidents. The team identifies lack of education on safe use of electrosurgical devices for all team members and no preoperative fire safety assessment discussion in the surgical briefing or timeout. The perioperative patient safety specialist reviews the AORN guidelines for electrosurgical safety, a safe environment of care, and team communication, and other AORN resources, including a fire safety toolkit. The toolkit includes a fire assessment tool perioperative team members can use to determine the type of risk for fire and an additional tool that lists interventions appropriate to the identified risks. See sidebar 2. After reviewing the fire prevention assessment and intervention tools, the perioperative patient safety specialist reconvenes the investigative team to develop a process to address ESU safety for each surgical procedure. The process includes reporting the results of the preoperative risk assessment and of the fire risk assessment during the surgical briefing or timeout, and communicating all required interventions with the entire team. The perioperative patient safety specialist uses the two reported incidents to explain how the new process will work. The RN circulator will conduct an injury prevention assessment and, if electrosurgery will be used, will identify the type of device, the anatomical location, that is, above or below the xiphoid, the planned skin antiseptic solution, that is, alcohol-based or not, and the planned method of oxygen delivery. The scrub person will secure the active electrode in a location of the sterile field where he or she can observe its return to the holster. If a foot-activated device will be used, the perioperative team members will discuss placement of the foot pedal and identify the team member who will be responsible for activating it. The perioperative team members will report any malfunction or suspected malfunction of an ESU and remove the device from service for the facility's engineering department personnel to evaluate. After discussing and approving the process, the perioperative patient safety specialist develops a policy and procedure and collaborates with a perioperative clinical educator to develop an education and competency verification plan for all perioperative team members. Because this facility includes students, residents, and fellows, the policy specifies that as part of each surgical briefing, all team members participating in the procedure will confirm that they understand the risk assessment results and associated required injury prevention interventions. The patient safety specialist suggests conducting a trial to determine the most effective time to incorporate the new assessment into the procedure. The existing briefing and debriefing checklist include verification that team members performed the fire safety risk assessment preoperatively. The surgeon voices concern 
that adding additional items to the briefing would require a significant amount of time. The investigative team members decide that the fire safety risk assessment will be performed as part of the patient assessment in the preoperative area, or in the OR, if the patient is directly admitted, and the RN circulator will report the results during the briefing. Another team member suggests including an item in the debriefing that addresses skin assessment for an electrosurgical injury. The perioperative patient safety specialist and the clinical educator implement the process and continue to monitor compliance and effectiveness. They plan to reevaluate the process and results in three months and to include electrosurgical safety as part of a performance improvement and quality assurance project. Conclusion Perioperative team members can help prevent injuries related to the use of electrosurgery when they use a standardized process to determine the patient and procedure-related risks for injury or fire. The surgical briefing provides an opportunity for the entire perioperative team to identify, plan for, and communicate about the risk for patient injury related to electrosurgery. In addition, The briefing provides the team members with an opportunity to ask questions and verify that each team member understands his or her role in implementing the plan for electrosurgical safety.